Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly, and we are in for a real treat today. I am here talking to a former NFL football player turned astrologer. How many people can say that? I, are, that cannot be something that is a common transition, professional transition to make. I'm with Ricky Williams, who is a Gemini sun, a moon in cancer, a Virgo rising. Before we started, Ricky was like, wait, hold on a second. I got to kiss my wife. And it was the most charming Cancerian moon thing that I've ever encountered in all of my years in astrology. Um, Ricky is also the founder of an astrology dating app called Leela. And I don't think that Ricky knew that in my former life, I was the co-founder of an astrology dating app. So it's going to be really interesting to talk about how much has changed in the years since that uh, venture for me has closed, which is 2016 to where we are now, 2021. A lot has changed. And also to hear about how somebody goes from one, you know, extremely high profile career in sports, something I know nothing about, into the world of metaphysical magic, which I know a lot about. And I can't imagine that there's a lot of overlap, but maybe there is. Ricky, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, this is great. You know, in, in my world, it's changing, but I don't get a chance to talk to a lot of astrologers or, or even people that are into metaphysics. And so, you know, it's nice to talk to someone where I know that, you know, most of the words that, that come out of my mouth will actually be understood. Yes, I think that especially with your heavy mercurial chart, um, communication is obviously incredibly important. Um, tell us about how Tell us about yourself. Tell us about this journey that you have been on. What's striking me about it is that to reach the level of success that you had in, I keep saying sports as if it's like a word that I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know what in football, in sports, in, in as an athlete, yeah. like that takes so much, I would imagine, um, magic and manifestation and intensity and focus and endurance and hard work. So that alone is like an incredibly magical thing to happen in a lifetime. And then to move away from that into astrology, I can understand how like, I, I think I can imagine where threads could be but I also have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. So I would love to just hear everything that you've endured. <laughs> well, well, this is this is the beauty to, to me, you know, because I've lived it and and it's been, you know, just as confusing for me. And, and I think that's the first thing that drew me to astrology. It was the first thing that that helped me understand like the chaos that is that is me. Um, you know, and uh and so also thinking about it astrologically, you think of um, Sagittarius, Jupiter and the ninth house, you know, that they both are connected to sports, but they're also both connected to metaphysics, you know. Um, and, and it's funny, people that I meet now who don't really know much about football or me as a football player, you know, their question is, you know, <laughs> how did you survive as a football player? You know, in speak, speaking about that cancer moon, that it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And and I think what you're saying about the hard work and all that stuff is true. But in the type of astrology I practice, I, I look at the South Node a lot. You know, and the South Node is representing kind of where we've come from, in a sense, the gifts that we've we've brought with us. 
but those gifts are, are interesting because they're they're gifts of where we naturally have talent and ability. But typically, if you keep leaning on those gifts, they don't lead to much growth and development. You know, that's what the North Node is for. So are you an evolutionary astrologer? I'm an evolutionary astrologer. Yeah, yeah. Evolutionary astrologer. My my business partner and mentor, Stephen Forrest, I love him. But yeah, he says in his apprenticeship program that he's trying to create little little Stephen Forrest that then individuate into their own way of practicing astrology. So so yes, evolutionary astrology. And so my south node is in is in uh, is in Aries conjunct Mars. And so the the football ability was something that just kind of took over and, and took me there. Took me to, you know, to being one of the best football players in, in the world. And like around my Saturn return, I kind of woke up and I was like, well actually my, my progressed lunar return. I woke up and I was like, what what am I doing? You know, my moon is in the 10th house in Cancer. And I felt like as a football player, I wasn't really helping people. I was just distracting them for a couple of hours on Sundays. And that didn't sit, that didn't sit right with me. And about the same time, I started reading for some reason. <laughs> I started reading and I started reading um, metaphysical books. I started reading about, I became fascinated with studying the life of, of Jesus, the, Jesus the man. And as I started studying, you know, I found that he was in a part of the Essenes. And so I started reading about that and, and it was introduced to spiritual practice. And just on my own, I started doing these meditations and my mind just kept opening and opening and ended up in Northern California studying uh, Ayurveda. And part of our Ayurvedic course was uh, we had a yoga class twice a week. And one of the teachers that came to teach the yoga class was a Swami from a local ashram. And after taking that class, I went up to him and I said, you know, this, that was the most blissful peace I've had in my whole life. Where can I find more of this? And he directed me to the ashram down the road. And so that weekend, I went to the ashram, and the head swami there was a Vedic astrologer. And someone had told her I was a football player. And so she walked up to me, and she looked me right in the eye, and she said, "Where's your Mars?" And at this time, I, I knew nothing about astrology, and so I kind of looked at her and I said, I don't, "I don't, I don't know what you're talking about." And then she said, "When you're done eating, come, come to my office. I want to talk to you." So I gave her my birth information and I knew my time because I'm a twin. And so it's part of our, our story. Oh, a Gemini twin. I know, right? <laughs> and so she put the birth information in her computer and we had the most amazing three-hour conversation where I felt seen, felt really seen for the first time. And it was kind of not like that wake-up call of realizing that I had been creating so much stress in my life, that airy South note, you know? Uh, and and realizing that I was in a place in my life, but also a place physically that I could start to move towards the North Node, towards peace and serenity. And I started that path right there. And one of the, my, my favorite tools starting then was astrology, because it, you know I, I think of it as a, as a treasure map, you know, a treasure map to, to find our own hidden treasures. So was there, at, at this point, had you already walked away from football? Was that something that you had already reconciled or was it through this process that you were reconciling it uh, in tandem? It was, it was both. So I, I walked away and I felt, I felt good about walking away. The, the minute I, I retired from the NFL, I felt this huge weight lift off my, off my, my shoulders. Almost felt like I was finally free. Everything that I had built my life around, I'd given up. And so I was at this kind of ground zero place. And I was, so I was, I was comfortable being free, but I was lost, you know? And when I, when I found astrology, 
things started to make sense. You know, I started to to get a sense of of what my teacher calls dharma, right? That that there is a purpose to my life, uh, and that there's a way to connect to that purpose uh, and and get more clarity about it. And and so from that point on, I, I was like. All my free time, I was studying astrology. It, it's it's it was all I could think about because I I was aware of of the gift that I was being given that this was going to help help me find myself, find my path. I didn't realize that it would also, you know, lead to me helping other people find their path through through astrology. But but it has. And what is the time frame here that we're talking about as well for our for our listeners to give them a sort of like, you know, was this something that cascaded? Was this something that was like, you know, as soon as you met that astrologer and and started to explore your birth chart, that it was like just mounted? Was it a gradual process? Like, how did this integrate into your life? Yeah. So at the time, I wasn't working. Uh, and I was I was in school studying Ayurveda. And I was on a like 100% spiritual path. So it got to the point within a month or two after after that reading, that I, all I did was have an astrology book or of some sort in front of me, and I was constantly taking taking the information in. And anyone who's really taking a, taking a deep dive into astrology has probably experienced that. Like you get a little glimpse of something that makes sense, and then you jump in and you dive, and then within you know a couple of hours, it's like I've, you lost it, you know, and you get frustrated and like, oh, I can't make it make sense. And then that kind of coming to it and getting fed and then getting away and then coming back. It was that, it was that gradual process. And sometimes the intensity of diving in would be as long as three months, you know, and then I'd be kind of burned up and I can't make sense. And so I take a little break and then I would come back. But I think part of that is because I was, I was studying on my own. And it, when I finally found a teacher, someone that, that could teach me to think astrologically instead of just learning what the symbols mean, that's when things really started to to catch on fire for me. And so did everyone think that you had lost your mind? Like, was everyone like, <laughs> Ricky is just off the grid. Like he is, we've lost him. Nowhere to be found. MIA just made the worst decision of his life. Like, is did, what was the feedback that you were getting from your peers and from your family? Yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly what it was. Is, is Everyone said I, I thought I had lost my mind and that I'd gone off the deep end and I'd ruined my life. That was the that was the consensus, and it's interesting. The first time I I sat down and to talk to Stephen Forrest about my chart, he was going through my chart, and he got to I have Uranus in the second house in Scorpio, and he got to my Uranus in the second, and he and he smiled and he said, you "Know that 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 time in your life where you left football and and you went on a trip." He says, "I think that was one of the best things that ever happened." Um, and I kind of looked at him, and he said, "This Uranus in the second house, you know." He says it's really about learning to trust your crazy ideas. And what, what I realized is when when I left and everyone thought I was crazy, my experience was the happiest I'd been in my whole entire life. And so it changed my definition of what friends and family were. To me, friends and family became people that wanted me to be happy. Uh, and, and it helped me individuate. You know, it helped me not care so much about the people who didn't want me to be happy and what they thought about me. Yeah, I I really love that point because you know, something that I have found in my own practice and in my own self-actualization journey has been, and it, it happens at different points, but there's always a point where somebody does not understand what you're doing. And even if they, and it comes from a place of love, but where you have to differentiate yourself from even your closest companions, because 
they either haven't had the experience to be able to personally empathize experientially with you, that they are are projecting their own fears, that they have their own limiting beliefs that have been just deeply embedded in them, you know, not even because they themselves are um, risk averse, but just because society doesn't really create a lot of opportunities to go out on a limb. And especially when you reach certain levels of success, people are like, well, you did it. That's it. Period. You know, anything that steps away from that or would look like a deviation would reflect that you have you're clearly just like not in your right mind. And it's that those moments, I think, that we can really see the that as exactly as you said, like each person is so unique and so individual and to really honor the full capacity of one's possibility, one's destiny, one's chart. They need to be able to sometimes do things alone, take big risks that there isn't um, a foundation established in and to be brave enough to give it a try even when everyone else is saying it's not a good idea, which can be really, really hard and requires, I think, a lot of tenacity and a lot of bravery. Yeah. I mean, I think what you described is right at the core of the whole actualization or individuation process is because you're only going to be yourself when you prioritize being yourself over being what other people want you to be. Right. Totally. Um, I'm also curious, though, how this conversation has continued today and you're seeing it i would imagine you're seeing it on your own podcast in some way shape or form where you're still having the conversation of trying to explain <laughs> like what you're up to what you're passionate about and what you know and and maybe even give permission for others to be able to follow their truth even if it doesn't make sense to you know the collective societal understanding of what success means yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I guess on some level I chose it, but I feel like that's kind of my mission in life is to give people permission to, to be themselves. And it's, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, there's obviously good days when people get it and, you know, it's very rewarding, but like, there's so many days where it feels like, you know, I can, I feel like I can feel people's thoughts of, wow, this guy is really kind of crazy. And so, yeah, I launched a podcast called Curious Questions with, with Ricky Williams. And um, I made the decision that if I'm going to, you know, do a podcast and I'm going to be talking about things, uh, it needs to be something that I'm interested in. And so I decided to create my podcast around astrology. And as a football player, you know, I got really annoyed with the media because I felt like the questions they were asking me, they weren't talking to me as the person. They were talking to this idea of what they thought a football player should be. And so as I thought about a podcast where I'm bringing on guests, you know, to, to give them a different experience of speaking to who they are at a deeper level. And I, I haven't found anything, you know, to help me appreciate who someone is at a deep, at a deeper level better than astrology. And so when I bring the guest on, I, I look at their, I get their birth information. I look at their astrological charts and, and I see in the chart what piques my curiosity about this person. And, and that I allow that to lead my question. And because my background is in sports, a lot of my, uh, guests on my podcast have been people related to sports and mainly men. And, you know, for some reason, you know, men are not as open to to astrology as as women tend to be. And why do you think that is? <sighs> well, 
I just think there hasn't been enough uh, examples for men that are into astrology. You know, most of the time when we, when we, in pop culture, when we see anything related to astrology, it's usually, you know, an, an older woman, you know, in a muumuu with blue hair, right? I just think, oh, the, I just think the, st- the stereotypes, uh, you know, have created some kind of stigma around it for, for rational guys. Another thing I found is most of the people that have some kind of resistance to astrology don't really know much about it. And, and so what, what's been rewarding about the podcast, and, and I haven't tried to convince people that, that astrology works. I, to me, like, it, you don't have to prove it to people. Everyone I've, I've had, you know, sat down with and had a, a real conversation about astrology, they walked away having a sense that there is something to this. Okay. And so, and that's been consistent with the podcast that pretty much every guest that I've spoken to, even though there was resistance in the interview, you know, as the interview went on, you, you could feel this sense. And I'm sure you experience this of when someone feels truly seen, you know, someone feels truly seen. And what I mean by, by that is sometimes we have these ideas in our head, you know, and, and when we think about them to ourselves, you know, they excite us. But when we think about expressing them, we think, oh, someone is going to think I'm crazy. So we, we keep these things inside. And so many times when I'm doing a reading with someone, I can see that I'm speaking to those things that people keep inside and they feel empowered to, to let them move and to express them and to let them go. And that's really what I'm aiming for with the podcast, not just the guests, but the people listening to that, you know, that might share, you know, the same sign that they hear something, either something that I say or something that the guest says that gives them permission to to be more of themselves. Something that I think is also just so compelling about your story and how you can translate this material for folks who know you through football is that at least for me, and, you know, I really know nothing about sports, like to an embarrassing degree. But I do know that like sports and sports culture, there's a lot of toxic masculinity embedded in it. And a lot of toxic masculinity, I think, also comes from a lot of repressed feelings, you know, and a lot of, you know, just people not men not having the tools to be able to work through complex emotions and things that are sort of more on this, on, you know, in the spectrum of not just like angry or horny or hungry, but also like passionate or disappointed or like, you know, the feeling of rejection and like knowing how to embody that in a way that is healthy and is also inspired. It's so interesting that you can speak to people who might originally be drawn to you because they know that you were a successful athlete. And then you can sort of almost like it's like almost like a bait and switch where you're like, actually, let's open up your soul, <laughs> like yeah, crack yeah. into what's really going on. And those like m- those mommy and daddy wounds. <laughs> and yeah. let's go there. So, so I, I wonder if like, I mean, do you feel like astrology could be the antidote to some of those I don't know. I mean, I don't want to just summarize it as toxic masculinity, but I guess for lack of a better word as as toxic masculinity. Well, for sure. No, no doubt about that. And I would expand it, you know, in this context to all forms of toxicity. And, you know, what, what I didn't mention earlier, but I think is a big part of my story is that I grew up in a very religious family. So my father was a was a minister. My father's mother was a minister. My mother's mother was a minister. So growing up, I was in church 
like three days a week. And my favorite thing was to hear stories about Jesus, you know, the healer that worked miracles and the idea that he preached love, you know, like that, that, that resonated with me deeply. Um, and so I felt, I feel like when I found astrology, it, it was waking up that religious spiritual core in, inside of me. And what I mean by, by religious is I mean a system that allows us to make sense of the world around us. Okay? And when we don't have a system that allows us to make sense of the world, then we're left with the form of toxicity because all we get is polarity. This is right. This is wrong. This is right. This is wrong. And we, we live our life trying to do what's right and avoid what's wrong. But we never ask the question, who decides what's right or who decides what's wrong? Okay, and, and so for me, when I found astrology, it got me out of the right and the wrong. And it got me into where does this fit into my life? Right. How does this how does this make sense? Where does this fit into the whole? So for me, you know, anyone that's that uses astrology, it's it's I think of astrology as a language, but it's always built on top of some kind of belief system. And so, you know, I see people practicing astrology, but their belief system is very materialistic. And so they don't get to the, meta, the metaphysical, the deeper parts of astrology. But again, growing up a spiritual person and a sensitive person, I found astrology and it, and it helped. I'm a ninth house Gemini, you know, with the sun conjunct Jupiter. So it helped me connect the dots, you know. And I remember the moment, you know, that as a football player, right? One of the best football players in the world and, and struggling with, is this really what I want to be doing? And then walking away, okay? A little bit of confusion. As I started to understand astrology more in transits and progressions, the first thing I did is I went back to that time in my life where I gave it all up. And I saw that, you know, that uh, the planet Uranus. Yeah, what was going on? Yeah. Yeah, you were having your progressed lunar return. The progressed lunar return in the 10th house, okay? And I, I interpret a 10th house cancer moon as someone who's here to be a healer, okay? And I was a football player, exactly the opposite. And Uranus was making a square to my... To right, my, actually causing yourself hurt, I would imagine, too. Exactly. So oh, like um, like antithetical to healing. Yes. Oh, wow. That, that's a beautiful insight because it, it's exactly what it was. That I was abusing my body, not even paying attention to it. But it led me on a healing journey, which activated my healing potential, which is a whole amazing story in and of itself. But so, and it was a, a Uranus squaring my son, right? So this individuation process, well, I, I call when Uranus hits something in our chart, it points, it points out where we've been faking the funk, you know, where we've been kind of trying to fit in and do what, what other people want us to do and ignoring that crazy little voice inside. And so in Uranian times, it, it's an opportunity to start to finally listen to that crazy voice inside. So Uranus squaring my son. And then the, the, day I re, the day I retired, Jupiter Jupiter conjunct my ascendant. And when I retired, one of the first things I did was I start, started traveling. I guess you can sort of casually get into astrology without having to destroy your entire life. But I also had to destroy my entire life in order to find astrology. I think it depends. <laughs> it depends. If, if somehow, you know, maybe you, you, you have that connection or you grew up with parents who were very aware and people have kind of somehow through their intuition were on track in their life. When they find astrology, if you're not that far off track, it's not that much of a change. But for me, I was so far off track of the, the path that the universe set out for me that there had to, I had to destroy this to, to, to be able to get back on, on track. So I think it just depends how, how far off, off track we are. And not to make being off track a, a negative thing, because you know I made a whole lot of money and did a whole lot of wonderful things as a football player, but it just wasn't, it wasn't real for me. It wasn't, 
wasn't speaking to the deepest part of me. Can we talk about the money aspect of it, though? Because I feel like that is, I mean, it's one of the questions that I have. And I'm sure it's also a question that our listeners would have is like, how did you reconcile walking away from such affluence, you know? Yeah. Well, astrologically, I have Uranus in the second. I have Uranus in the second. And, you know, one of the things that I, I've, I've learned about what an astrological chart can do is it can help us tap into our and other people's priorities. And, and for me, obviously, it's, it's great to be comfortable, but I'm ninth house Gemini. So my priority is experience. And so for me, the purpose of money was so that I could have the experiences that I, that I needed, I needed to have. And so it was, it was one day I was in my car and I had the thought of maybe I, maybe I don't want to be a football player anymore. Okay. And the first thought that came up was what about the money? Okay. And it, and it kind of like struck me. And when I thought about it, I didn't care. And that shocked me. I was like, I don't care about those things. And then I thought, okay, what about my reputation and all those things? And at the bottom, at the end of the day, I was like, I don't really care about those things either. And again, it was a shock to me that that I didn't value money as much as I thought I was supposed to. Wow, that I think that that I mean, as a second house moon, it's like, what are you doing, Ricky? No, but also at the same time, I really, really, really see it. Yes. I, I understand, and no, I think I mean, I also have Uranus in the twelfth house, so. I appreciate Uranian energy very much. Just had Uranus cross into my fourth house, my IC, which has been a trip. Uh, Uranus on the angles is always, it's an adventure. I also now I want to talk about, I mean, I would love to see our charts together actually as well, maybe separately, because you are the founder of an astrology dating app. When I first, in 2014, um, I co-founded an astrology dating app called Align with a friend from college when I was living in Los Angeles. Align Science? And it was... With the feather? No, pre that, pre that. Wow. This is, it's so old <laughs> at this point. Uh, Align Signs, I think, came after us when we were like, I can't believe they're using the same stupid name, you know? Um, no, we, we founded an app called Align and it was from 2014 to 2016, we were working on it, building it. Prior to that, I was working in the art world, which I thought is what I wanted to do. But it was a disaster and I was miserable. And I was, I, I mean, I was slipping it, it when I was going through my um, Saturn opposition when I was 14. You know, I think that there were a lot of like very near death experiences there. It was very possible I wasn't going to make it. Very, very hard time for me. And then at my Saturn square at around 21, a lot of that came back up. And I was just having a, I was really, really losing myself. I didn't even know who I was. I didn't even know where to come back home to. And discovering that I was a Pisces moon was the very first piece of information that I needed in order, because I'm a Leo sun, right? So I, you get a lot of feedback as a Leo sun of like, oh, you love this, you love entertaining, blah, blah, blah. And all of those things are true, but it wasn't speaking to the other things that were happening, which was that one, I could read people's minds. Two, I was really, really struggling with addiction. I had, I also was, I'm very, I'm much more, you know, I'm really sensitive. So I'm not going to just like, be in center stage if someone else needs the spotlight. Like I'm, I'm obviously like I'm a very gentle person. 
So nothing that I was reading about being a Leo was speaking to those qualities. So for me, it was that Pisces moon piece that I was like, oh, shit, there's something here. And then adding Capricorn rising on it, adding my eighth house stellium on it, adding sun conjunct south node, exact same degree on it. It's like, oh, I understand what we're working with. And a line which was a really profound piece of my story which did not end up becoming anything is also part of my my story today because it first of all I was introduced to all of my colleagues through it because I was bringing colleagues on to be you know uh Annabelle Gad and the Astro Twins who I know you're working with that's how I started meeting people in the astrology space um I started to take lessons with them I started to study and slowly but surely, you know, I realized that it wasn't actually the technology that I cared about. It was the astrology. And that was like a whole other, now I have to shatter everything up again. And now I'm closing the business and now everything's a disaster. And now I'm out of money and now I'm selling all my furniture and I'm moving back to New York. And now I'm working as an administrative assistant again, because I ruined my fucking life again. And then building up to who I am today, which I think is, you know, the the truest form. But obviously, when I, you know, invited you on the show, I saw you're doing an astrology app. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I really want there to be an astrology dating app because I have a lot of vested interest in it. So I'm really curious to know what inspired you to want to create one, what you're building and like how everyone could get like on board with it and yeah. and figure out what's next because it's i obviously i feel very passionately yeah also i mean just hearing you speak you know you said eighth house stellium right this is having to reinvent yourself i also oh. have eighth house stellium oh yeah of course you do <laughs> yeah this these are the people who have to blow up their whole lives to get into astrology exactly you know because <laughs> part of the eighth house scorpio pluto symbolism is, is, is about the shamanic kind of energy, right? And I think we're here to have our own processes so we can guide other people through that that's very, it's very scary process. And, and I think, you know, Stephen, my teacher and I, we associate the eighth house very much with soulmate, deep bonded relationships. And because when, you, when you're sharing your body with someone and you're, you're sharing your life with someone, all of your stuff gets triggered and comes to the surface. And I think relationships... Are, are the deepest form of spiritual practice. You know, uh, I've had many pr- profound insights w- around this. Um, and my North Node is in Libra. So relationships are really what I'm, I'm here to, to focus on. And so I was in a, a very happy marriage. I really was in a happy marriage. It was one of those marriages where we just agree that these are your limitations, these are my limitations, and we'll just not trigger those in each other, you know, so we can all get along. And that was great for keeping peace, but it, it was kept me very stagnant in my own spiritual development. And so, you know, feeling that relationship turning into a friendship and realizing that I was ready for something more in my in my life. You know, I was able to to have that horrible, scary conversation with my with my first wife and to say, you know, I can't I can't do this anymore. And difficult for a cancer moon, you know, we had three kids together. Um, and as I as I walked away from that relationship, you know, I learned so much about myself, right? That I need a partner that I that I can go toe to toe with. I need that passion. I need that willingness to to deal with our stuff together. And so, keeping that in mind, I you know I met I met my current wife Linnea, 
at a, at a friend's birthday party. And the first thing I said to her, and it wasn't a pickup line. It was really, as an astrologer, I was just curious, this person I'm talking to. So I said, what's your sun sign? And she kind of looked at me and she said, I don't know my sun sign, but I'm a Pisces. You know, and I said, and I started laughing and I said, ah, the mystic. Yeah. And she looked and she said, actually, I'm a corporate attorney. But we kept on talking and I was, <laughs> we, we, we kept on talking. Funny. We kept on talking and, and I, I was just, you know, talking these big metaphysical terms and she was tracking me like every point of the way. And so we just kept talking and talking and, and that conversation led to a phone call and we just kept talking and, and we were like, ended up together. And I was studying with Stephen, and so I invited her to come with me to one of Stephen's courses. He was teaching a class on Venus. And she came in and she was blown away. And it became a language we started to develop between us using astrology. So about a year later, we took a synastry class with Stephen. And it was really my first time diving deep into relationship astrology. And Stephen Forrest is a Capricorn, so he's very organized in the way he presents the information. And the, the, the structure of his class is the first three days he teaches the technique. And then the last day, he pulled, he literally, we all put our name in a sorting hat and he pulls a name out and he demonstrates the technique for the, for the whole class. There's about 80 people in the room and it was my, it was my 40th birthday and he, he reached in and he, I don't know if he did it because he's my friend and it was my birthday or if he truly pulled my name out of the hat. <laughs> but, but, but either way, he spent the whole fourth of the workshop talking about mine and his relationship. He did our synastry. And there were so many little subtleties about myself that I noticed in that whole courting process and coming together with Nanea that I couldn't really grasp and understand. And as he went through that whole day breaking down our synastry, mind blowing all these connections and all this understanding about my past relationship and how I got out and the timing of when I met Linnea and why it was so dynamic. It just made sense. And so after that, after that reading on the last day, you know, Linnea and I looked at each other and we were like, we have to get this information out into the world somehow. And so we approached Stephen right after class and we said, we have an idea, Stephen, you know, and we would love for you to be a part of it. He got a big smile on his face and he said, I'm in. <laughs> That's how we got started. And, and interestingly enough, a month after that, when A and I ended up getting married because of we could, we could see where we came from, we could see where we were and we could see where we were headed, right? And so it just made sense. I I love that. I it's so romantic and I think I have already identified what the key distinction is between your impetus for starting an astrology dating app and where I was at. When I started mine, I was single and bitter and had no idea. I was trying to figure it out. I had not figured it out. I met my now fiance uh 6 months after I closed the business. And obviously, and I think that that's what the key, that's a a huge, I mean, I believe in, I'm sure you believe that because in metaphysics, like, you know, the intention that is embedded in something, whether or not it's apparent to the consumers uh, at, you know, at first, it will eventually reveal itself. You know, there's no way because that's baked into the chart, <laughs> you know, it's baked into its existence. Yeah. And I do think that with my, with my astrology dating app, I think that one of the reasons it was so endearing and also one of the reasons it was not successful is because it really came from that same sort of like, I'm lost. You know, I need to find, I need to figure out how to make sense. Whereas with what your 
working on, it came from kind of being found and then wanting to allow other people and to uh, invite other people to have that experience. And I totally agree that partnership is an integral part to self-actualization. Yeah, I think that it's, I, I mean, my life has changed. I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't have the partner who I have. I attribute him, he's equal parts as involved in my business, in my spiritual growth, more than he even fucking realizes. <laughs> and if you think about it astrologically, I mean, you're, you only have access to half of your chart until you meet someone else. Yeah. So you need to have another counterpoint to open up what the possibilities for even your individual experience could possibly be. So I think the fact that you guys saw that through Sinistry had that experience and we're like, we need to, we need to heal through love, Libra North Node. Okay. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Makes total sense. And we're both, we're both Libra North, North Nodes with our composite. Wow. Beautiful. Our composite North Node conjunct the moon in the 11th in Libra. And so, yeah, we, it's, and it, we feel like, you know, when we first started dating, I, I asked her a question. I said, do you ever think about building something together? And this is way before we had the idea of Leela. And, and we both really vibed on that idea of, of coming together as, in a sense, a power couple that we're coming together to build something together. In my old relationship, it was more of that old traditional model of, of the man does all the work out of the house and the woman does all the work in the house. And I grew up with a single mom who did everything. And so, it, you know, it was, it was, it's fine for a lot of people, but for me, it wasn't. And, and that's really the key with Leela that the, our relationship app is we've divided into three dimensions and we, it's a dating app, but we really, we call it a relationship app because our first dimension that, I we, love that. that we deal with is, is we call it self-discovery because the first relationship you have to have is a relationship with yourself. And more specifically, we all have unique relationship needs, right? If we try to make our relationship needs fit some kind of stereotype that we think we're supposed to fit or some kind of ideal, you know, even if we get the relationship, we're, we're disappointed, right? It, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And so the first part is understanding yourself and what your unique relationship needs are. And then we move to the part that's a, that's a dating app. We call it social discovery, right? This ability to meet other like-minded individuals. But it, the difference is we use astrology. So it's not self-report. It's not self-report of this is what I think about myself. It's it, it, what does the astrology say at your core? Yeah, like when you fill out a roommate survey and you're like, oh, I'm really neat. And then it's like, bitch, you wish you were. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have a story of <laughs> this, this woman I dated, and when I met her um, from the outside, she just was like a go-getter, you know, like like independent, wanting to do her own thing. But as I got to know her a little more and realized she was a cancer, she was looking for family. And having that information allowed me to be more aware and, and make better choices in how we related with each other. Um, and then the, the last part, which I'm most excited about with Leela, is relationship building. Because even if you find your perfect match, right, relationships to work require process, you know, this, this mutual growth and development. And I, in, in my relationship, my marriage right now, you know, <laughs> astrology is so beneficial, you know, like that, especially Mars transits in relationships. You know, Mars transits when it's time to get something off your chest, right? It's, it's time to get the energy moving. Learning the art of intimate conflict. And I have Venus, Venus and Aries, conjunct Mars. I call it the breakdown to the breakthrough ratio. You know, that relationships are there to have because they break you down. You, you care about someone, you love 
someone enough to, to be vulnerable. And in that, your stuff comes up, right? And sometimes it, when it first comes up, it's not comfortable. And it might be a tense conversation, an argument. There might even be tears. But if the breakdown turns into a breakthrough, you know each other on a deeper level. You can appreciate and see who you're in a relationship on a deeper level. And to me, that, that's the beauty of this upward spiral that we can experience in relationships. Right, that we we go through wonderful things, we go through difficult things, but through both of them, we're 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 knitting something together that's allowing us to be more than we could be on our on our own. And and the other thing about like because I first thought an astrology app, but these these general astrology apps, I feel they're too broad for people to really get something out of. It. But relationships, not just romantic relationships, relationship with our friends, with our with our siblings, with our parents, with our children, right? Is that if we have more information about ourselves and we have more information about them, my sense is, you know, we'll make better choices in relationship and relationships of all kinds will be more fulfilling for us. And the thing about relationships, it's practical where you can see the astrology because you see it in yourself, but you see it in these, the people that you're closest to. And it starts to come alive and you start to have understanding of why is this person in my life and how can we make the most out of this relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, when Luke and I met, one of the ways that one of the reasons that I actually decided to respond to him, because I met him on Tinder, I just closed my app. And I was like, I just, you know, closed my astrology dating app. And he was like, Oh, what's your sun sign? And I was like, Leo. And he was like, Aries. And I was like, Okay, obviously. And then he was like, do you know, he was like, I think I'm Capricorn rising. And I'm Capricorn rising. But the fact that he even knew what a rising sign was, I was like, what? <laughs> a man who knows a rising sign? Hold on. And I, and that gave me a green light to be myself more than anything, because I knew on the first date that I could come through and I could talk about astrology and metaphysical things and tarot cards. And I already knew that he was receptive to that. So more than I cared that we both had the same rising sign or even that he knew his rising sign, it showed me that he had that openness and that curiosity and a willingness to actually share some of the same interests that I had that I was really scared to bring to the table in dating because dudes would judge me for them and they would typecast me and they would say rude shit to me. And I think that one of the reasons that meeting my partner has allowed me to become myself is because I didn't have to limit and you know truncate how spiritual and how magical I am because he like fucking loves it. You know, I'm lighting candles. I'm doing tarot cards. I'm like, you know, making him put oil on shit and he's all about it. And that gives me permission to really be who I am. And the language that we share in spirituality and magic and consciousness is it grounds us and it gives us something to come back to because life is hard when you're a magic person or not. And but when you could be like, OK, what's going on in astrology or like what's happening here? Let's pull some cards like let's let's get a different perspective. You have this common ground, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like getting emotional here. This is this is this is exactly what, what we're doing, you know, and I'm thinking about the content that, for the app that Stephen wrote for Pisces Moon. We have a section in the app in self-discovery where it's like a general idea of, of what it means to have a Pisces moon. But then Stephen created content about what does it mean to be a Pisces moon in relationships. And, and he speaks exa exactly to what you just said, you know, and, and I'm going to like you give me permission to get on my, my soapbox here. 
is, you know, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, okay? Which means we're coming out of the age of Pisces. And, and the myth of Pisces is, is sacrifice, right? And the old myth that we inherited from our parents and their parents and their parents around relationship is we get into relationship and we sacrifice who we are to make the relationship work. And that worked in the age of Pisces. But as we enter the age of Aquarius, this is the age of the individual. And I feel the shift that needs to occur in relationships is instead of thinking, how do we have to cut off parts of ourselves and sacrifice to be together? How can you help me be more of myself? And how can I help you be more of yourself? And, and, and at the core, I think yes. this is why, you know, the universe put the idea of Leela in my head is because as we move an epoch, we move an era. We have to learn to function differently, you know? And I think one of the hardest places to, to value individuality is in relationships, right? And, and I think it's hard because a lot of times we get in relationships before we even, even had a chance to get to know ourselves. So how can we know what we want in someone else if we don't know ourselves yet? And, and this is the main reason we created Lila to help speed up this process. I love that. So when is the app going to be available? So um, we've, been, we've been developing it for... Um, we finished our MVP about a year ago, but we've done some little bit of uh, iteration. And so right now we're launching uh, the beta this month in May, and we have a release date for the App Store. Stephen found us a good date, uh, July. It's after the, the Mercury retrograde. So we're, we're launching in the App Store at the end of July. Uh, and, I, and I'm not sure in your experience, but one of the things as a CEO of a tech company, you know, to, to be able to build an app is expensive. And so I had to go out and, and raise money. And it's, it's been really interesting, you know, being an African-American retired football player, pitching a tech app in astrology, you know, and the looks that I get from, from the VCs that we've been pitching. And one of the things that I've found, mostly males and most of our friends and family and, and people that have invested in Lila are women, which is, it's interesting. And so, you know, having that feeling, pitching, pitching VCs and, and getting a sense, I made a bold move and I said, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people out there in the world that really get astrology and want to see something like this happen and know that astrology is going to be a big part of the future. And so we decided to launch, to launch an equity crowdfunding campaign to allow people that are truly passionate, the people that get astrology, to, to help to help us build this and enjoy the upside instead of you know sitting there and trying to convince people that don't believe in astrology and only want to make money that this is something that is good for the world. So we launched a crowdfunding campaign and that's felt really felt really, really good to allow more people to be a part of of this whole project. I think that's a really smart idea <laughs> because yeah, I mean, I can't imagine because our realities and who we are are so different physically and what our stories were. But when I was a 24-year-old woman going into these VC rooms, talking about an astrology dating app, ending up with people just trying to fuck me at the end of the conversation, that was not what I was going in for, you know? Nobody problem, took me yeah. seriously. <laughs> nobody, nobody cared. Nobody was investing. And then I look at CoStar, which launched two months after we closed, pitched the same investors, and there's a reason that its app is nasty, right? Because that is retention, right? That is how you keep people on is that they're preying on people's paranoias and anxieties and fears. It's so bad. People read CoStar, it creates a fight. Yes, and those are the notifications. It creates a fight. It doesn't create space. Exactly. But that's how they okay. were able, because the question that the VCs kept asking me in addition to, are you single, is what 
how are you going to keep people interested? And it's like, for me, it's like astrology. (laughs) Astrology is fascinating and it's always changing and interesting. But that because VCs don't know anything about it, by and large, not to say that there aren't a few who do, I, you know, God bless you if you're listening and you're a VC who likes astrology. But by and large, it's not really the thing. So there, you know, the question was, what are the KPIs? How are, you know, what is cost per acquisition? How are you going to keep people in the app? How are you going to scale? And I guess CoStar's answer was, we're going to scare them to death. You know, we're going to say these really nasty, rude things to them that don't even have any astrological significance just to keep to get them addicted to the the negative, the the toxicity of it, which is so (laughs) antithetical to like what astrology is. You know, it's supposed to it's supposed to make you feel good. (laughs) not make you feel shitty. And I do think that a lot of people, like I feel like I'm doing damage control for people who've had CoStar all of these years where I say like, oh, you know, we have eclipse season coming up and suddenly, is it bad? Is it scary? Is my life going to be over? And I get that there's like a doomsday nature to astrology, but why is that become so pervasive? I think it's because of apps like CoStar that are um, manipulating people into thinking the worst when instead you could think, well, wow, opportunities, new change, new energy, like shifts are happening. Where are they going to take place? And not just assume that your life is going to fall apart because there's a fucking eclipse. Well, this is what I was speaking to earlier about the belief system that is that underlies any kind of language. And I think the, the current belief system in our culture is is materialism. And if you're a materialist, if you believe in materialism, and I don't mean objects, Per se, I mean, you think that you are your body, that eventually there is going to be the end of it because you're going to die. And if you don't have any connection to what is beyond the physical, then that creates a limited belief system. And all you can do is go to this dark place. And, and I, for me, I, I feel like what I'm really selling with Leela is, is not even astrology. It's um, selling the fact that life is meaningful, right? That that if there's an eclipse, it's not because something bad is going to happen. It's an opportunity, right? The, the, the universe, it's like the, the weather, right? The, oppor- the universe is giving you an opportunity to enjoy the weather, okay? right? And if you're afraid of it and, yes. and you run away, then yeah, your experience isn't going to be great. But if you embrace it and you, and you I think of astrology as, as a, a gift that we've been given to be able to communicate with the cosmos, you know? And I feel like our, yes, our ancient I, I ancestors agree. living in this cha- in a chaotic world and they looked, they didn't have television, they didn't have Netflix, so they looked up at the sky. And what they saw was there's order, and they could superimpose that order on their chaotic lives and it helped them make sense of their lives. And, and I, so I feel I'm trying to bring that back to people believe that everything that's happened in your life has happened for you, not to you. Yes, absolutely. And that we have agency and that we have permission and that we are, uh, we are worthy of like living full experiences and not having to feel like we need to shove ourselves into these tiny boxes that were basically because other people, you know, established them on our behalf before we even had any say to determine whether or not we wanted to be in a box. And I think that that is, you know, astrology, you know, I, when I was writing my book um, last year, and I kept saying, you know, because we're in our New York City apartment and I kept saying to my partner and Uranus is crowd crossing my IC. So I keep being like, I need space. I need space. And then I was like, 
course I, I'm a fucking astrologer. Of course I need space. I need the whole universe. I need so much space that I'm looking at like the trans-Neptunian planets in order to imagine more space. Wow. That's how much I need space. Wow. But I, I don't need face, space in the physical. I need space in the astral. And I think that growing up in the circumstances that I did, growing up in a very small apartment, growing up with a very sick mom, I really allowed, I had, I had to go into my brain. You know, I had to go into my psyche in order to create more sense and more opportunity and to expand my horizons more. And with that as my template, then to be able to use astrology, to use experiences, and then to actually see like the world itself is so spacious and vast and our experiences could be so spacious and vast. And that is like the mirror of self and microcosm, macrocosm, you know? I just, I just love astrology so much. It's so beautiful. That's that's a really like wonderful description of of Uranus and the IC. Like, it's, that's that's beautiful. Again, this is this is wonderful. You know, just talking to uh, to a sister. You know, it feels it feels like this. So. I'm just really moved by this conversation. I'm really moved by that. I'm really happy to meet you, and I'm so excited for for you to be able to bring life to Leela and for people to be able to have the experience of getting to know self, getting to know other, and then figuring out how to be in partnership because that's a whole other can of worms, but an important one. <laughs> are you going to have composite charts on there? We are. We are going to have composite charts. It's going to be part of relationship. That's so cool. Relationship building because, you know, and I, I'm finding very helpful the transits to the composite chart, you know? The whole idea of the composite chart to realize that the relationship is a, is an entity to itself, and if you if you want it to keep going, you have to pay attention to the relationship and take care of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, my composite chart with my partner is that we are actually a Gemini Sun and Moon in the fifth house. Oh, and with a Capricorn rising, that's a midpoint between ours, of course. Um, so Pluto has crossed it. Pluto has been an integral part of like our relationship story. It's the composite chart, I think, on just unlocks this whole other dimension of once you've established your relationship, then the, and the relationship has a life of its own that you both can come back to and speak to. So I'm so excited about your app. What's fascinating about um, evolutionary astrology in synastry is, is we look at the composite south node to understand the history of the relationship, you know? Because my sense is any two people that feel a connection in this life, they've had a connection in a previous life. You'd be able to understand the dynamics of that connection. So really using the South Node and Sinistry, it's a it's a whole nother ballgame. Yeah. Oh man, I this is so exciting. So for our listeners who are also just as eager to start using this as possible and then also to just get to know you and your work more, where can we find you? Yeah, so our, our website is heylila, H-E-Y-L-I-L-A dot com. And on the website, you can um, sign up uh, for our mailing list and you can sign up to be on our list of beta testers. And again, we'll start beta testing here in the next couple of weeks. And so it's getting real. Super exciting. Congratulations. And thank you again so much for being on the show. And I, I, it feels like a real pleasure to get to know you. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to speak again sometime because I, I, I'd love to keep to keep in touch. Yes, me too. Me too. 